Thank you for listening to the Cloverleaf Radio Network, where you can find shows such as The Hollywood Connection, Cloverleaf Radio, Night Moves Radio, and Soul Stories. You can find us on Facebook under the Cloverleaf Radio Network. We broadcast on Anchor, Blog Talk Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and many more. Tune in anytime during the week. We post our links. You can listen on your own time, on your own day, anytime you want. We provide you with new material every week. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Blog Talk Radio. This is Clarence Cloverleaf, welcoming you to Cloverleaf Radio. Remember, you can always dial in at 646-716-4378. We call to watch your language, please, as we are an all-ages program. But we would be delighted if you would sign up for a Blog Talk Radio account, should you so desire, as it will keep you connected with us. And you can always download the newest episodes for free. Hey, this is Denise Poirier. All righty, we're back for another exciting edition of Global League Radio. I'm the host of the most, Jimmy Falcon. Unfortunately, my co-host, Grimlina, is not going to be here today. She had a procedure yesterday, and she's still not feeling well, so I gave her the night off. Rest your special guest is here, Christine Barcher. How's it going, Christine? Hey, good, good. How are you? Good. It's been a while. Things going good for you? Yep. I'm just tweeting out that I'm on right now. So, boom, done. Well, you are so awesome. <laughs> I love the uh, the cat video you sent me the other day. Your cat is so adorable. <laughs> she um she might she might make an appearance. She's been screaming all day because I was gone for ten days. I was visiting family, and I got back, and she just has not stopped. Screams like mom, mom, be on my lap. So, yeah, I have eight dogs. So it's really cool when I'm talking to someone like uh, Lou Ferrigno or someone, and my dog started barking. He's like, "Oh, what was that?" <laughs> yeah, try to downplay it a little bit, but it is hard. But we love our animals. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, looking through uh, your work, of course, uh, one of your first movies or your first movie was one I've always enjoyed, Along Came Polly, starring, of course, Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. What was it like working on such a great, funny film? That was amazing. Um, That was my first movie. It really was. Um, Basically, I had just come out to Los Angeles while I was still in school on an exchange program, so I hadn't even graduated college yet. And I got the opportunity to audition, and when the casting director called, she's like, are you available at this time? And I said, well, uh, I have gym class. She's like, you should skip gym class for this. And I was like, all right. (laughs) And so I showed up, and then I met the director, and we found out right on the spot that all four of us got cast in different roles. I got the one I wanted. And um, I got Taft Hartley, which was a big deal in, in L.A., if you get a Taft Hartley, that means that you are eligible to join the union, and that's a huge deal. So it was my very first audition. I got Taft Hartley set, and then Ben Stiller keeps trying to talk to me in, like, the stairwell. But I've never been on a set before, so I'm terrified. 
and I'm running between hair and makeup and whatever, and he keeps trying to talk to me. I was like, hi. And, like, I kept kind of ignoring him, not intentionally. And so finally on, I think, second day, I saw him at craft services. I was like, hi, I'm Christine. And he just kind of goes, mm, uh-huh. And I was like, no, no, I'm really sorry. And he just kind of laughed it off, but he was super nice. Um, everybody was really nice on that set. It was really amazing. Phyllis Moore Hoffman was such a, a dream to work with. So I was pretty devastated when he passed because he was the guy who kept standing up for me on set. He kept trying to get John, the director, to let me sing for real because I was lip singing. And he was like, just let her sing, John. He's like, no, 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 no. Because I was not cast for my singing voice in the singer's contract. I'll tell you that. Oh, my goodness. That is great. And, of course, uh, I remember – you portraying Margie in Beta House, where you uh, were topless in the scene. Uh, what was that whole entire experience like? Was it was it hard filming topless? Um, not really. It was hard straddling knickknack because he's kind of a wide guy, and I'm not the most flexible person. So to stay in that position for such a long time was really hard. So I kept having to get up. I was like, hold on, hold on. Every time they would cut, I was like, I've got to, I've got to stand up. My legs are going to sleep. Every time, because we were so baby oiled and stuff, like we were just really sticky and we didn't have much on. He has, I had a privacy patch and he has this little, like, it kind of looks like a little marble bag. Uh, that was it. And so it would, it, he was always like, don't, you're going to knock it up. Stop getting up. And he'd get really frustrated with me. And I'm like, but I can't feel my legs. And so it was kind of, I would say it was more comedic behind the scenes than the scene itself. Like, we were quite a catastrophe. And I just kept wanting to get up, and it was really hot. And they were like, put on the robe. And I'm like, no, no, it's really hot. I don't want to wear anything. Because you're under the lights, and you're just, like, sweaty and gross. And, I mean, it's bad enough. I've heard stories that trying to do a romantic sex scene is, like, uncomfortable. But a comedic one with two comedians were just kind of like, it was a hot mess. It was fun, though. (laughs) I never, I never yeah, thought about uh, being topless until after it aired, like after everybody saw it, and it was like, oh my gosh, you did that. Like, what was that like? I'm like, why is it such a big deal? Everybody's got, you know, a body. It doesn't matter if you see mine. Like, it's just a body like anybody else's. But apparently it's a much bigger deal to other people. I had friends who got very awkward around me after watching the movie. <laughs> Guy friends who were like, hi. And like, just stop looking at my face. Well, I mean, at least you have a good body. It's not like I was doing a scene with my hairy chest and my breath. Well, I actually got cast because I was supposed to be fat. We were supposed to be the fat, funny couple. And I got, I I did the interview. I didn't even audition. I interviewed with the director and the, or the producer and the writer. I think it was, I think it was Keith and um, Eric uh, that were in the room. And so, they just interviewed me, and I was nervous, and I um and I left, and I didn't hear anything for like a month, and they had to go do casting in Canada because they have to try to cast the role in Canada. Well, in that time, I was doing a rock opera, and so I was dancing and singing every day, and so I put I lost weight, but I mean I wasn't trying to lose weight; I just did because I was doing a rock opera. So when they saw me, and they were like, "Wow." Your Margie and I was like oh oh no I'm too skinny and so I just started eating hamburgers at craft services and wherever I could get like my hands on like food that was fattening because I was so afraid that they were going to like fire me because I wasn't fat enough 
Hmm. You can't hide it when you're uh, nude. Well, I was going to say, usually the the body typecasting, I guess, would be if you weren't thin enough to not. So you basically told you're not big enough. It's kind of, it's like, wow, what the hell? It, It was kind of a shocking, different way of looking at things. But really, a lot of character actors and actresses, I think have run into that where we've gone in on an audition. I've, I've definitely gone in audition for roles and been told I wasn't big enough. I once had a woman wow. stand me up at the audition. She was a casting director. I sat down to do the, the audition. Sitting, and she's like, wait a minute, stand up, turn around, um, sit back down. You know, you're not big enough for this. And I thought to myself, you had to have me turn around to figure that out. Like, when they cast the role, the girl was probably three times my size. If she couldn't tell by looking at me I wasn't big enough, like, turn around like I was hiding it somewhere. I was like, oh, okay. But but it's kind of a character actor thing, because if you're not super skinny, they want you to be kind of big. And by kind of, I mean wow. really big. <laughs> well, I guess I need to be a character actor, but I'm still not not really big. It still would be weird to be told you're not fat enough. Like really? My doctor's been telling me I am for years. You're telling me I'm not. <laughs> but uh, of course, going up to uh, 2008, I loved your uh, appearance in Maid of Honor with Patrick Dempsey. That scene was funny as heck. Uh, what was it like working with him? He's a dream. He's circus folk like me. So when I met him, I was really excited because I knew he was a juggler. Like I never watched him as McDreamy. I didn't really know him from, from that show. But I, I knew he was a juggler and I was so excited that he was a juggler. Like that was the one thing I couldn't wait to meet him because of. And so as soon as I finally had a chance to talk to him, I'm like, you're a juggler. I love ventriloquist. We're circus folk. And so he did juggle a little bit and stuff. It was really fun. And he, he's super nice. And then Michelle was like probably the nicest person that I've met on a set. I mean, Patrick is great, don't get me wrong. And he photobombed me in a picture, too. It's hilarious because I had, like, um, one of those disposable cameras. I don't even know if they sell them anymore, but the kind you take and get film developed. I had one of those in my purse because I was afraid to have anything that I wasn't supposed to have, and that was, like, cheap, so if it got confiscated, it wasn't a big deal. So we didn't know if you could take pictures on a set. A lot of sets are closed. They don't want that. And I got a picture with Michelle, and in the background, Patrick is photobombing me. And I didn't know it until I developed the pictures. So it was really fun. They were super nice people. She came into the makeup trailer and introduced herself and told me how excited she was to work with me. And I was just like, I'm excited to work with you, too. And then we started talking, and she was just so humble and so sweet. And I kept in touch with her for a while until after she had her kid. And then I think she moved here, and I, I haven't really been in touch with her since. That's really, really cool. And I guess that'd be like uh, I used to be in pro wrestling and got to work with a lot of the people I grew up watching. And I guess it'd be like one of them working with me saying, oh, I'm excited to work with you. It must be mind-blowing. Well, it's funny because everybody has those people that they're excited to meet. And so, like for me, Hank Azaria is a big deal. But most people on a set with Ben Stiller, Jennifer Aniston, and Deborah Messing, Tank Azari is probably not the first person there. Like, I have to meet him. And so, you know, it, it's just funny who we are excited to meet and why. 
and and I was the same way on iCarly. I was so excited to meet Dan because I had seen him on head of the class, like growing up. Like I knew him as a as a character actor that was just really funny. And then you know he was showrunner on the show, but then I couldn't really let him know that because they weren't supposed to know how old I was. <laughs> and by saying I watched you growing up, kind of gave away my age. So I just had this excited, like a scared look on my face when I first saw him. My eyes just got like the size of saucers and I just kind of stood there shaking because I wanted to say something, but I knew I shouldn't. And so I did. Very, very accurate. And of course you uh, do ventriloquism as well. That has to be something very hard to master. How did you get into doing that? I started doing ventriloquism when I was a kid. Um, Basically, it was a coping mechanism. My baby brother was premature, and so he was in the hospital, and we lived at the Ronald McDonald house for a while. There was a little girl there who had a stuffed gizmo doll, and it would talk to her, but he wouldn't talk to me because he didn't like me. And I got really offended, and so I made my bear, my teddy bear, talk to everybody but her. And then all my invisible friends would talk to everybody but her. Like, basically, I just made... I told her that her, her gizmo didn't really talk, but my, my teddy bear did. But it, I could prove it because he could talk. And so that's how it started. And then after my brother passed away, my parents got me puppets, and I started doing it on stage. And I did a Shriners grief camp for kids who lost loved one. And I told them my story about how I got into ventriloquism and, and how, uh, you know, God has a plan for everyone and everything. And sometimes things are hard, and we don't know why they happen, but we have to keep going. And... um a lot of those kids were really impacted by that, having another kid tell them that story and um, wrote me these letters and crayon, and it really inspired me that I could change the world and help people through entertainment and ventriloquism and acting, and so that's why I moved to L.A., really, is to change the world one smile at a time. Yeah, I can know, uh, being from Illinois myself, that being from Indiana, <laughs> I mean, that's the place you really can't become well-known. I'm sorry? Being from the Midwest is someplace you can't really become well-known. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess Chicago you could, but I like the weather out here, too. Really, I was kind of brought up thinking through, through college and stuff that if you wanted to do stage, you go to New York. But if you want to do TV and film, then you go to L.A. And... So that's what I did. I made the choice. I wanted to do TV and film because you could reach a bigger audience that way. Absolutely. Well, um, as far as the future goes, what's uh, the future got going for you? Any works in progress that you'd like to discuss? Um, I have a movie that I don't know when it's coming out <laughs> called Looking Up with Steve Gutenberg. Um, and we we shot it in October, so it should hopefully be coming out soon. I think on IMDb it says it's still in post. Um, but that was really fun. I got to play Steve Gutenberg's teenage daughter, and I love Steve. And he is also, I mean, he's just so nice. I've been so blessed to work with really nice people. I don't think I've ever really worked with someone who I would say I wouldn't want to work with again. Like, Everybody's always been so nice. I've been really lucky because I hear horror stories about celebrities, but I just haven't in, I haven't encountered those celebrities, I guess. 
but um, but he was really wonderful. And um, TJ, the director, was great. Marvin, the producer, like they were all wonderful old school actors that have just wanted to make their own work, and so they did. Um, and yeah, so post production. That's the last it says. So it's still in post. So I'll definitely tweet and Facebook about it when it comes out. But it's a, a really fun, odd story about a family and um, their problems. <laughs> so um, you can look for that. It's called Looking Up. And then actually anything that I do, I pretty much post on Twitter and Facebook. So it's always the best place to see what's going on with me or connect with me or connect with my cat. Uh, and you can find me online at Christine Barter. Everything's at Christine Barter except for my Instagram is at actress Christine Barter. Just in case someone didn't know <laughs> they were looking for actress Christine Barter. <laughs> I think that actually Christine was taken already, so that's why I picked that. Well, it was so great talking with you again, Christine. Uh, best of luck with everything you got coming up, and I look forward to talking to you more in the future and seeing more of your cat as well. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a wonderful evening. Absolutely. You too. <clears throat> and of course, um, I don't have any scheduled shows uh, coming after this one, so I'll have to let everyone know when I'm going to be back on my Facebook page. But as always, thanks everyone for listening. Have a great night.